Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome in, OutKick Podcast listeners. we got a loaded show for you. Lots to dive into here on the Wednesday edition of OutKick. First of all, we're going to be joined in Hour 2 by Darren Ravel. In Hour 3, John Morosi for the Major League Baseball trade deadline. We talk about LeBron James and Taco Tuesday. We talk about Amir Garrett and the greatest brawls that have ever occurred in the history of sports, the ones that we like the most in honor of Amir Garrett of the Cincinnati Reds charging the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, bench. And I want to tell you this. I'm going to start now my podcast uh, reviews at least once a week, if not more. I need you, if you're listening to this right now and you are enjoying it, to go rate the podcast. Give me five stars and write your most entertaining, your most funny review of why you like this show, and I will read them now as the prelude for each day. As we get good ones, I'll give you a shout-out, and I'll read them as we come in to start the podcast. Tens of thousands of you are listening to this podcast. I looked the other day, only 700 of you have rated it. So stop being a slacker. Go into iTunes, rate it, write a funny one, give me five stars, and I will read it to you, and we'll also give out some OutKick swag on it. All that's still to come, but first, appreciate you guys. Here is the Wednesday edition of the show. OutKick the coverage with Clay Travis, live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for OutKick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios. Happy Wednesday. And I thought the most entertaining thing that happened in the world of sports last night, if you don't count the Democratic debate day one, nearly three hours of that, was we're getting close to the Major League Baseball trade deadline. I believe it is tomorrow. 
We're going to talk with John Morosi in hour three. He's our Major League Baseball expert. Or is the trade deadline today at four? Yeah, today at four Eastern. So we got whatever the math is. Uh, about uh, 10 hours till the trade deadline is officially here. And last night we had Yasil Puig tra- traded by the Cincinnati Reds. And he ended up also a part of a brawl. And I believe we have the audio. If you haven't seen the video on this, I clipped uh, and grabbed a short segment of the video of the Cincinnati Reds pitcher being pulled out of the game and then making like a charge of the light brigade by himself uh, right at the entire Pittsburgh Pirate team. It's a phenomenal video. I haven't even heard the audio of what it sounded like if you were listening to the game but I believe we have all that queued up. Let me go ahead and bring in uh, that audio. Here's what it sounded like last night. Cincinnati Reds going against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Game that is relatively uninteresting. Pitcher Amir Garrett is being pulled from the game, and he's not happy about what the Pittsburgh Pirates bench was saying, and this is what it sounded like. And it looks like the Reds are going to make a double switch, and now Amir Garrett is headed to the Pirates' dugout, and here we go. I don't know who he went after, but he got in there, and he is right in the middle of it. Oh, my goodness. And Amir Garrett is outnumbered, and here we go. Both sides have cleared. I mean, Amir Garrett went straight to the dugout and threw a haymaker at somebody, and this is a real brawl. I mean, there are guys swinging left and right down there in front of that dugout. I think it would have been amazing if nobody from the Reds had gone over to <laughs> gone over to support Amir Garrett. To his credit, I have never seen one guy run at an entire team like this before. And his uh, Cincinnati Reds teammates got there fairly fast. Uh, but this is absolutely wild to see a one-man bench-clearing brawl. Uh, and uh, I've never seen the picture that I can think of. I can't ever remember the pitcher being pulled from a game. And yesterday, was it yesterday we had when uh, Trevor, or I guess, uh, what, two nights ago, when Trevor uh, Bauer got pulled from the game and he just turned and heaved the ball all the way uh, over the center field wall, which is an incredible throw. I mean, like you talk about a big arm. To throw the ball that far to begin with was pretty incredible. Uh, but I've never seen that before. I've never seen a pitcher getting pulled from a game get so angry that he turns and just hurls the ball all the way uh, over the center field wall. I'm not even sure how many pitchers could do that to throw the ball that far. But then I've never seen a pitcher getting pulled from a game and instead of leaving the mound. I mean, I've seen sometimes some jawing, but I've never seen a pitcher just decide to run straight off the mound and start a brawl as he's getting pulled from a game. Let me pull in the crew. we got to break down this baseball fight. Only time we really lead – uh, with baseball on this show is when there are brawls or when it's the World Series. That's pretty much it. Uh, so, uh, so Danny G, when you saw this, have you ever seen a pitcher charge an opposing team's dugout like this by himself? I mean, this was unbelievable. Yeah, no way. None of us have ever seen anything like this. And the most impressive part, besides him taking on the whole team, was the fact he had a punch loaded as he was running. Yeah, and he hit nobody. Like, made zero contact. It looks to me like he threw three punches. And the first one was obviously the one that was the most uh, potentially powerful. And uh, and he didn't hit anybody. And he ended up just kind of in a mosh pit of Pittsburgh Pirates players. And they could have ended him, right? I mean, because if you charge like tw- 10 dudes, uh, I think they were probably shocked that he did it. 
but they were, you know, just kind of, it seemed, trying to grab him uh, as opposed to anybody else really throwing back punches at him. And then the Reds players got there and the whole thing was a uh, was a total melee. Yeah, and the ironic part, you were just talking about Trevor Bauer throwing the ball over the center field wall, and then he becomes part of the trade for Puig. Oh, that's a great point. That's a great point. Like, this is uh, this is tying in both sides. Uh, Dub, which one do you think was more unexpected? The turning and throwing the ball all the way over center field, which I've never seen before, or the charging of the mound, uh, charging of the dugout from the pitcher's mound as you're being pulled out of the game? Well, unexpected, I'm going to have to go with Bauer because, like you said, I have literally never, ever in my life seen a pitcher about to get pulled from a game and chuck it over the center How field How about wall. his arm that he could throw it that far? Well, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and act surprised that Trevor Bauer has an amazing arm, but I will admit, I mean, I am curious to see how many Major League pitchers could actually do that. That They should make this a little competition I mean, at the that's Home Run like Derby or something. Whatever it is, 350 probably yards almost, uh, right, or feet, sorry, 350 feet. I mean, that's, you know, if you throw, that's basically throwing a baseball the entire length almost of a football field. Right, I mean that that's a pretty incredible uh, that's a pretty incredible throw, even though it's a baseball to have the ability to turn it because his teammates as the ball is sailing through the air, first of all, like they've never seen it before. Like you can see their reaction, and then uh, and then the you can read the mouth of uh, I think it's Terry Francona who's pulling him, and he's like, what, you know, WTF? Like what in the world are you like? Why would you even think to do that? And I guess he's lucky his center fielder is that he, he has a big enough arm he didn't hit him because you're not really paying that much attention probably in center field when the pitcher's getting uh, pulled. Um, but uh, but the Amir Garrett play, pretty extraordinary. Uh, Eddie Garcia, you've been doing updates since uh, D-Day. Have you ever seen anything like this? No, I will say I I think that Rob Dibble back in the day for the Reds threw a ball after a, after a game into the seats and got in trouble because he hit a fan. Oh, of course. Um, Rob Dibble I, was an amazing like Rob Dibble who who later did Fox Sports Radio. He, he, didn't he? did, yes, he did for actually. a long time. Yeah, um, uh, he and uh, Norm Charlton back in the day and yeah, Nasty uh, Boys, Randy, yeah, Randy Myers, I think it was yes, right. That's the, correct. The, the Nasty Boys right. uh, was an incredible trio. Uh, and Rob Dibble, yeah, like uh, that doesn't really surprise me. That he threw a ball into the crowd, but throwing it all the way over center field is pretty pretty incredible. I do have to go though with charging the dugout because this is one of those rare occasions where it's both crazy and just ballsy at the same. I guess that's not rare, but I mean, I was both uh, impressed and like, what are you doing? <laughs> are you crazy? But uh, now I've never seen a pitcher charge a dugout before. Do we have any audio? Was there any discussion afterwards? Like, what was said that he got him so angry that he wanted to, like, I, I don't have any idea. Uh, I haven't seen anybody, like, really explaining this. Does anybody know? Do we have any explanation yet after the game? Two, oh, he talked to the media. I didn't even know he t- that had to be one of the most exciting things for the year for a Cincinnati Reds beat writer. Uh, so Amir talked to the media after the game. Here's what he had to say. At the end of the day, it's about protecting your teammates, protecting yourself, and stuff like that. So, like I said, the emotions got the best of me, and you know, I was fed up with it. I'm going to accept any punishment that I have. And as a man, you know, I take on that responsibility. And, uh, you know, like I said earlier, uh, you know, I apologize for my actions. But, you know, I just, you know, in, in the heat of things, you know, sometimes it gets the best of you. Uh, but it still doesn't explain what happened. Like, in order to charge a dugout from the mound, 
you would think craziness has to real like somebody has to do something. Well, these guys that got in a brawl earlier in the beginning of the season, April seventh, they got in a big old brawl also. So is yeah, this- I mean, I understand that. Yeah, that's a good point. Thanks for uh, you know, there's a bad blood between yeah. the, the Reds and, and they're the in Pirates. the same division. So, so this been going on for a few years already. But I think this is just my evidence that baseball players get bored over a 162-game <laughs> season, and probably the stress level is a little bit higher because it's uh, around the trade deadline. Again, the trade deadline today at 4 o'clock Eastern. So maybe you're just kind of on edge in general. But I, I, just, I don't ever remember seeing a pitcher charge the opposing team dugout like this, and he sounds so calm in the postgame. You would think that they would have to do something just – outside the bounds of normal acceptable conduct in baseball in order for you to be doing something that has honestly I've never seen before I mean I've seen a lot of times you picture you know sometimes leaving the mound will jaw with the opposing side and uh, there, there's always that uh, that possibility but to charge the opposing I would love to hear the Reds conversation about how stunned they were that their pitcher just went in full on by himself and you know the rest of the team under baseball code has to get there and help defend him but they had to be totally stunned now the the rest of the team's already on the field so they can get there pretty quickly because if they had been batting for instance and something like this happens uh then you got to get the whole team out of the dugout it takes a long time to get over there but this is pretty wild i don't how many games do you think amir garrett gets suspended for this you know, then it's always the the complicating thing about a baseball suspension for a pitcher. It's never that fair compared to a regular player because a pitcher, you know, doesn't perform every single game. So you give a pitcher a five or seven game suspension, it might only cause one uh, one game to be missed. Well, you yeah, know, it's well, not as big of a deal. Five games for a reliever is probably a little more harsh than for a. A starter yeah. because the starter goes every every five days. So yeah, so I'm thinking is a minimum of probably ten games. I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to suspend pitchers differently than you do uh, regular season players, uh, everyday players, because obviously of what you said, they're not necessarily on the field every single uh, game. But yeah, reliever a little bit different. Starting pitcher, you know, you get a seven or eight game suspension. You're like, okay, he misses one game because uh, he misses just one start in the rotation. But what do you think, Danger? Like, how many games do you get for charging the entire opposing team dugout? That was pretty nasty. I, I'm thinking that's got to be at well, least a 20 game. What right? about a pitcher like risking his entire career on a punch? Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, because it's easy if you're throw. I can't imagine that he throws pitches. Yeah, and, and he did, he did he did wind wind oh, up that punch with his, in a big with his pitching hand too. That's why yeah. I'm thinking it was a it's left good. hand. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking it's going to be more than ten is because of those huge windups the guy had. But I mean, think about it. If he hits somebody in the face, even the chances of him severely injuring injuring his wrist or his hand or his shoulder or his elbow, it's pretty high in a melee like that. Um, and so it, it, it's like, uh, it's like when they say, you know, a NFL quarterback blocks and they're like, never lead the block with your throwing arm. Right. Um, so, and a lot of times in the heat of the moment, guys do it anyway, but if you're a right-handed quarterback and for some reason, you know, you're trying to run an end around and the end around comes back in your direction and you end up being the lead blocker, which happens, you know, generally speaking a few times a year where it's a highlight and the quarterback peels off and just wipes somebody out, you always get nervous when you get that, you know, nor- not normal 
body movement where you're leading the leading the block and you don't want to lead certainly with your throwing shoulder because you don't want to get injured like that. I mean, for a pitcher, I would think it's even crazier to do what Amir Garrett did there. And then uh, David Bell, the manager of the Reds, was already ejected from the game, and he, he came in to get a piece of Clint Hurdle, the manager of the oh, Pirates. Oh, that's really funny. Would you see the like, super slow-mo? Did you see the cop? Who just has zero oh, injuries? Oh yeah, that, at all. Was, that yep. was cool. Yeah, that was so great. He's like, I, I'm not getting paid. This is not my problem. <laughs> it's your problem. Yeah, uh, I, 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 you know, like, it, and and this is, I think, entertaining for baseball. But I am curious to see what they do with him. All right, uh, we will. We'll open up the phone lines. What's the? Be- I just think it's would be fun uh, discussion. What's the best brawl that's ever existed in the history of sports? It's a good question for you guys too. Think on it as we go to break. Like the best one that you can remember ever having watched. I've got mine. I'll lead. But the best brawl that you've ever seen in sports. Most entertaining brawl that you've ever seen in sports. 877-996-6369 in honor of Amir Garrett's, uh, uh, you know, just absolute charge of the Pittsburgh Pirates dugout from the mound. And if you haven't seen this video yet, the video is incredible. I clipped like 10 seconds and tweeted it last night. Uh, you can go to my Twitter feed, at Clay Travis, and actually check it out. I guarantee you it will give you a good laugh uh, to start off your Wednesday morning. But what is the best brawl in the history of sports? 877-996-6369. I am Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports. Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when 
you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Goodyear tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their goodyear test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Uh, we're talking about Amir Garrett charging the Pittsburgh uh, Pirate bench. If you haven't seen this video, you can go to my Twitter feed, at Clay Travis, and uh, it's a little short clip segment there, uh, and, uh, and get your feel on it. I think the best still brawl that I've seen in the history of pro sports or college sports is... Robin Ventura charging the mound against Nolan Ryan. Now, I don't know how many years ago this was. Pro- I think I was in high school. So it's probably like, I don't know, 25 years ago now. Like, would have been back in, my guess, 94, 95 maybe is, uh, is, is a rough approximation of when this might have occurred. Nolan Ryan, I believe at the time, was pitching for the uh, Texas Rangers. And he is, he was charged on the mound by Robin Ventura, who I think was with the Chicago White Sox. 93, I was pretty close. So that's been 26 years. It's crazy. 26 years ago. And Nolan Ryan caught him and got, his, uh, got him in a headlock and hit him like, <laughs> I don't know, seven or eight times. Oh. And at the time, Nolan Ryan was like 45 years old. And Robin Ventura was like 23 or 24 years old probably. So he's like 20 years younger. And that is the most memorable charging the mound brawl situation that I can remember. If you ask me right now, uh, you know, one of the most iconic moments in, uh, in brawl history, that one comes to mind. The other one outside of baseball with the charging the mound dynamic or the pitcher involved is I still think Jeff Van Gundy. Sorry, Stan Van I get Jeff and Stan yeah, Van Gundy. It's, but it's the, Jeff. 
Yeah, Jeff Van Gundy in the uh, in the Houston Rock. Uh, sorry, the uh, Miami Heat against New York Knicks series when he was like getting dragged around like a rag doll, hanging on to I think it was Alonzo Mourning's legs, yep. trying to keep him from getting involved in the brawl. Those are two, and then obviously, uh, you know, if if I'm running through like the Malice at the Palace is probably the single most iconic brawl probably in the history of sports. Uh, in terms of its overall impact. And for those of you who were young or don't remember that, that's like, what, like 12 years ago now? 13, 14, 15 years ago now? It's been a long time uh, where you have the uh, the beer thrown uh, on Ron Artest that just sets off a uh, wild melee uh, featuring, I, I mean, I can't even imagine in a social media era uh, what uh, what would have uh, what that would have looked like, but it changed the entirety of the NBA season that year. So there's three. I said I would name one. Instead, I named three that are really uh, iconic. What about you, uh, Danny G? What kind of comes to mind when you think of the most entertaining brawl in uh, in sports history? Yeah, you big jerk. You took mine. Um, the first one that came to mind was the Heat versus yeah. the Knicks. That was Game Four of that playoff series, Alonzo Mourning and Grandma Ma started throwing punches, and that's when Jeff Van Gundy ran onto the court and grabbed Alonzo Mourning's leg and took a ride. He was like sweeping, Alonzo was sweeping the floor with Van Gundy, which was really entertaining to watch at the time. But you're right, I think Malice at the Palace got to be number one. Um, By the way, we are coming up on the anniversary of that first fight you talked about with Robin Ventura. Uh, That is August 4th, 1993, so... 26 years it's been since that fight. If you haven't seen it, you're a kid and you're listening to us on the podcast or you're listening to us uh, you know, live on the radio show right now, obviously. Look it up because it is a pretty iconic uh, baseball and, uh, and you'll probably be entertained by it quite a bit. But yeah, that was a uh, – Nolan Ryan was such an icon at the time. And I bet, you know, for what did he throw? Nine no-hitters. Uh, pitched till he was 45 years old, I think it was. Uh, I bet – that that's the most iconic Nolan Ryan moment almost when you ask people about his career as good as it was and as many people as he struck out a lot of people myself included one of the first things they think about is the Robin Ventura charging the mound incident what about you Dub well the first one that came to my mind was the mouse of the palace I'll never forget I was watching that live at my house in San Antonio, I was 11 years old, and I had no idea what was going on. All that's I knew wild, that, watching that it I, live. I mean, that's like uh, yeah. a game that wasn't that good of a game to be. I won. know, and I, I would just remember thinking, "What the hell is going on? This is amazing!" And it was a little, you know. I remember Sports Center right afterwards. They followed it up, and they spent the whole hour of the whole show, you know, talking about the incident and you know, talking about how horrible it was and all that. Obviously. But another one that came to my mind was uh, Pedro Martinez and Don Zimmer. Oh, that's a great one. That one's a classic. And then yes. also, this one's kind of out of left field a little bit. I just remember this one for some reason really well. The Boise State versus Oregon, the one where LeGarrette oh, yeah, punches the guy. Yeah, Byron, he, yeah, Byron Haupt, I think, or something like that was his name. That was the first, I believe that was like the first game that Chip Kelly ever coached at Oregon. I, yeah, think, was, I think that was the very first game he took over for Mike Bellotti. And uh, and you're right, Boise State under Chris Peterson pulls off this huge upset, and Legarrette Blunt is uh, Byron Hopps like runs up, you know, taunting him, and that was a delivered punch, right? I mean, yeah, he, no doubt he, he knocked he, him like, out, buckled him, uh, and that was uh, that was pretty wild in that w- game one scenario. 
And that was also one of those stories that immediately crossed over outside of sports. You know, like, I mean, what I mean by that is, like, that was on today's show because it was so iconic and, you know, the question of what do you do and how do you handle it. Uh, and uh, that that's a, one of the all-time most difficult, I think, coaching debuts ever for Chip Kelly's first game to uh, to have gone that way. Uh, what about you, Eddie Garcia? Well, you know, I'm a hockey guy, so there are, and I didn't, you know, I didn't grow up with hockey. There were some pretty wild, wild brawls back in the day in, in the NHL, but I do remember in the late 90s, the Detroit Red Wings and Colorado Avalanche. Oh, they had, they fought like oh, all the man, time. Oh, man, they had some real bloodbaths, and, and one in particular, the two, the two goalies got involved, it was Patrick Waugh and Chris Osgood. Uh, that one stands out for me as a, a great hockey brawl that we will not see probably uh, anymore going forward. All right, Roberto, you get to uh, to pick one as well. You, you guys already talked about some of those I was going to talk about, but I got two uh, Knicks versus Bulls. It was a playoff game, 1994, which led to a massive brawl. All the players, the, the, the benches were empty. This this led to the NBA changing the rules. You know, where, it was a long time ago when the Knicks were in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. as a part of the story with both the Heat brawl and this Bulls story. And this led to the NBA make uh, putting in the rule where the players can't leave the benches because of this brawl. And then in the Reds versus Mets, July twenty second, nineteen eighty six, which uh, uh, the brawl led to a position player shortage. It was Ray Knight against uh, Eric Davis. Uh, Ray Knight was a, a amateur boxer at the time. Huh. Oh. It was a great. It was a great fight. I was a big Reds fan. Then you know uh, another one I'll mention. This is college uh, as well, and this would have been wild. And I bet a lot of people listening to us right now have never even seen this. Uh, there was a uh, Tennessee LSU basketball game when I was a kid, and it was the greatest LSU basketball team ever. Uh, it had Shaquille O'Neal and Chris Jackson, who would later become Mahmoud Abdul Rauf. Uh, and Stanley Roberts, if I remember correctly, the LSU under Dale Brown had two seven footers. And if people don't remember Stanley Roberts, he's like one of the great. What could he have been if he had been able to have you know the same kind of discipline as Shaquille O'Neal in terms of his career? Because they were both physical freaks. You know, they called them the Twin Towers. Both seven footers, both athletic beyond all measure. And uh, there's a guy named I think it was Carlos Groves. Not Carlos, Carlos, uh, U.S. and uh, and Shaquille O'Neal, and they got into it in a big way, and almost the entire teams got kicked out. And this was uh, Allen Houston was at the time on the University of Tennessee, and I feel like LSU was up like thirty some odd points at the time of the brawl, and all of LSU's good players got kicked out. And Allen Houston just went off. And the game ended up actually being pretty close because nobody could stop Allen Houston because all the good LSU players got kicked out. But this thing was utterly wild. You know, you don't really see that in college basketball or college football very often, college basketball in particular, because they implemented a rule not too long after that that if you throw one punch in a college basketball game, you have a big suspension. And I don't remember how long it is, but it's a really substantial suspension. If you do it twice, you're out for the whole year. And as a result, like I don't even remember the last time we saw a punch thrown in a college basketball game. It's become so rare. Uh, we bring we got a ton of calls. Uh, Dub, you f- just kind of run through them. Your favorite brawl in honor of Amir Garrett. Uh, let me go to the phones. Uh, who should we start with, Dub? All right, let's start with Kyle in Georgia. Kyle, who you got? What you got? Hey, good morning, guys. Um, there's two amazing brawls, both in baseball. 
The first one when Pedro Martinez rolled Don Zimmer. That was amazing. Yes. And then the other one is when Kyle Farnsworth, the pitcher, charges the home plate. I think it was like early 2000s. He's on the Cubs. He throws high and inside. The catcher was like trying to, I don't know, hold back this other catcher that was at the plate. And Kyle Farnsworth just takes off from the mound and tackles the guy at home plate. And that I was have yeah, thanks for that. I don't remember that one. I need to, and I'm sure all these are easy to, easy to find on YouTube, uh, and so I'll have to look that one up. That's the first one mentioned that I don't remember uh, watching. Who's up next, Dub? Thomas in California. Thomas, who you got? Hey, uh, Clay, thanks for the time. Uh, 2013, there was a game between the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks. It all culminated with uh, Zach Greinke getting hit in the head with like a Roger Clemens like fastball right to the head. And the one thing I remember is Don Mattingly and I believe Alan Trammell got into it. And they got into a tussle, they took it down in the field. And I also remember Mark McGuire in the look of anger he had. He looked like he was getting ready to throw Matt Williams across town. And so that raw was crazy. There was a lot of A makers thrown uh during that fight. Uh and Yasel Fui, as a matter of fact, was in that fight as well. Thanks for that one. You know, I remember while you're mentioning that I remember back in the day, uh, we mentioned Rob Dibble earlier, like throwing a ball into the crowd. I remember, I think it was maybe against the Houston Astros, they had a bench-clearing brawl, and somebody got Dibble in a uh, in a choke hold, and it, and there's a picture of him, like, it looks like he's going to die. Like, in a, and, and there was a quote from him later, he was like, yeah, like, he was, it was like a, a you know, like a, a regular, the guy was a, had a wrestling background, and on the bottom of the pile, somehow he got Dibble, and Dibble was like, "Yeah, I thought I was going to die," and he got him in a, a chokehold. Anybody remember that? There's got—I think there's a picture of that. You know, like back in the day when you would open Sports Illustrated, and they would sometimes have those big, huge pictures. Uh, there was one where it was like the whole team was in a brawl at the top of the ma- uh, pitcher's mound, and Dibble was on the bottom, and you could see his head was so red uh, because he was being uh, choked out on the bottom of uh, of the pile. Uh, who's up next? We got Kenny in Alabama. Kenny, fire away. Hi, uh, listen, this is a story when I was pitching in uh, high school, okay? So when I, I, I was pitching against this local team, and I had been pitching. It was a sixth inning, and I got – there was second and third. It was a shutout going on. So I got second and third. My coach came out to talk to me over the situation because there was one out. He wanted to get through the inning so he could maybe score in the sixth and win the game. So he came out the first time, and then he went back over the line. He can't, he can't come out the second time. When he came out the second time, the umpire said, yo, you got to leave the game. So I took the ball, right, and I tossed it over the roof. It was dynamite. And, then I left, and that was it. I said, when I, left, when I left the field, I said, uh-oh, someone's got a broken window down the block. Yeah, thanks for the call. So I said, what's the most iconic brawl you've ever remembered in your life? And Kenny, who is now 64 years old, calls in to talk about the time he got pulled out of a high school game and threw a ball over the fence. Thanks, Kenny. What a rebel you were. They're probably still talking about that in Schenectady. Oh, wow. Can you remember that time that Kenny got pulled out of a baseball game 54 years ago and he threw the ball? Definitely one of the most iconic brawls in the history of sports. That was awesome. Thanks, Kenny. Where was Kenny from? Alabama? Yeah, but he's from New Jersey. Yeah, I was going to say. Clearly not from Alabama with that accent. Uh, who's up next? We got Michael in Cincinnati. I bet Kenny's a killer, by the way, when it comes to telling stories. Uh, Mike, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Michael, what's up? 
No worries, man. Kenny, thanks for that update. That yeah. made my morning. We're, I've been worried about uh, his high school baseball game for a long time. Uh, absolutely, man. I'm going to Google that when I By the way, this today. is one of my one of my favorite guys in all of sports is a guy who talks about his high school career as a comparison with Major League Baseball or like, you know, the NBA or the NFL. It's like, dude, your third and eight play call in the 1984 you know, uh, high school state playoffs is not very similar to the offensive struggles that are going on right now with uh, with your favorite NFL team. There's always that guy who's like, you know, like the team's having a little bit of a difficulty. He's like, well, I remember back in 1982, we were having trouble on, you know, the, the my high school football team, and we decided to try this new play. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure – that what solved your 1982 high school football season is probably not going to solve things for the NFL team. That, that Everybody listening right now knows that guy. Everything that happens in the world of sports, he can analogize to his not very successful high school or even middle school career. Uh, all right, sorry to cut you off. What you got for me? No worries. So you were talking about um, college fights and um, being from Cincinnati, the Crosstown shootout, I think it was in 2011. When Yancey Gates and Kenny Freeze got into a fight with like 24 seconds left, Yancey Gates punched Kenny Freeze. This is Cincinnati. Cincinnati Xavier looks like a Pacquiao fight or something. Yes, this is Cincinnati Xavier for people. One of the best rivalries in all of uh, college sports, honest. Certainly college basketball. Thanks for the call. People who aren't familiar, sometimes there are different great rivalries in local markets, and maybe if you're a big college basketball fan, you pay attention. So that's Cincinnati Xavier matchup, but it is a heated one in uh, in the Cincinnati area. And certainly, if you have a connection to the Bearcats or the Musketeers, you are all in every year when that battle happens. A great rivalry, great local rivalry. Who's up next, Dub? Charlie and Dayton. Charlie, what you got for me? I would say the most iconic has got to be Malice in the Palace, but I will also throw in Woody Hayes throwing bows to end his career. Yeah, throwing a punch uh, for a coach. Can you about? Yeah, thanks for that. Can you imagine if that happened today? If we had a coach as iconic as Woody Hayes, if somebody you know got fired up and Nick Saban just punched him, or Dabo did, or Jim Harbaugh, who's probably the best analogy right now in the Big Ten, would probably be Jim Harbaugh doing that. How wild it would be. Uh, we come back, we'll continue to take a few of your calls. We're reacting to the Amir Garrett brawl. Hour two, Darren Ravel is going to join us. Hour three, we'll talk with John Morosi. Major League Baseball all uh, trade deadline is today at uh, four Eastern. So lots of potential movement there. We'll keep you updated on anything that happens during the show live, and certainly you can stay tuned to Fox Sports Radio all day long. But the Amir Garrett charging the Pittsburgh Pirate bench, iconic brawl scene that we hadn't really seen the likes of before. Taking some of your calls on your favorite brawls. This is Outkick on Fox Sports Radio. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts? You know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield 
wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their michelin test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. We are finishing off uh, the calls here on an incredible Amir Garrett charging the Pittsburgh Steelers bench. Pittsburgh Steelers. Should have been the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Pirate bench. If you haven't seen this, I tweeted it out. Cincinnati Reds pitcher, he's being removed from the game, and he charges the entire dugout. It's an incredible video uh, on uh, now Major League Baseball's trade deadline. Uh, is at 4 Eastern, but Amir Garrett taking over the storyline in general. 
And I was asking you guys, and we've had a lot of fun with the most iconic, entertaining sports brawls that you can remember. We still got a lot of people who want to weigh in uh, on uh, their favorite moments there. And so, uh, Dub, let's punch them up and knock them out here to uh, finish off hour one. All right, let's go to Kevin in Georgia. Kevin, what you got for me? Hey, Clay, how you doing, man? Excellent. Good. Hey, listen, everybody seems to forget about the uh, the 2000 World Series at Roger Clemens and Mike Piazza with, uh, the, totally. with the bat-throwing incident. Yes, they were the, the broken bat, right? Didn't his bat Yeah, break? the broken bat when he Yeah, the broken bat when he walked him. And also, it's not really a fight, but I, I was a real small kid when it happened, and I remember seeing it on the news when George Brett goes absolutely berserk after he's called out after the infamous pine tar home run. Yeah, that that is an incredible, uh, incredible scene in general. Yeah, that Ro- I can't believe it's two thousand. Roger, was that the was that the Subway Series, the World Series, where that happened, yeah. where Roger Clemens and uh, Mike Piazza went at it? Yeah, that was it. Uh, that's been almost twenty years ago now. That's an entertaining one to watch too. Uh, best I remember, Roger Clemens picks up like the broken bat of Mike Piazza and kind of throws it at him. And uh, that was two iconic guys. Like, it's rare, relatively speaking, that the brawl involves two icons of the sport. Like, Amir Garrett, nobody's going to remember him, you know, by tomorrow, probably. There was never really a brawl in that, in that one, though. Yeah, it, it, was, it was more of a confrontation, but it was just so unique, I think, because it was Piazza, who is clearly an uh, icon of the New York Mets, and Roger Clemens, who's an icon of the Red Sox, and the Yankees. I mean, one of the most famous pitchers of all time, and they both kind of squared up on each other. That's a good one to remember. Although, again, wasn't really a brawl. It was more of a confrontation. Who's up next, Dub? Justin in Texas. Justin, what you got for me? Good morning, Clay. First time in a long time. Uh, just wanted to say uh, I was one years old exactly uh, at the time that uh, Nolan Ryan and uh, Robin, Robin Ventura got into a fight. But the one that I think is more iconic for the Texas Rangers is Rugnet Odor and Jose Betts. Yeah, I don't even remember that one. Uh, again, I think you tend to remember these brawl stories when you're younger. Uh, maybe I'm wrong on that, but it's like they, they have more of an impression on you. And, uh, and, and maybe it's also just that as you've gotten older, there's more highlights and everything else, and it's harder to remember all of them. But uh, but I, I don't remember that one in particular. Who was the Reds pitcher who got picked up in the air and was like doing all the kicking in that? Remember that brawl that like went on for a while and like he was back near the uh, near the I think it was the Reds pitcher. He was back near the dugout. Uh, I mean near the, the the back behind home plate as it spilled around there. Do you guys remember that? Like and he's like kicking with his cleats. No, no one remembers that. Not, not, Somebody's going to remember head, that. No. You can tweet me if you remember that. Uh, let's go a couple more calls. Maybe one of the callers will remember it. By the way, failure by the entire staff not to remember that. That's a pretty iconic brawl that nobody remembers. You all suck. Who's up next? We got Corey in Minnesota. Corey, what you got for me? I actually had two. Eddie stole the first one, the Avalanche Red Wings brawl in 97 with the goalies fighting as well. Yes. But, but then the other one... I'll always remember is also a hockey one. Ty Domi gets put in the penalty box, squirts a fan with water from his water bottle, and the fan goes through the glass into the penalty box, and they start going at it. Oh, yeah. No, that was uh, that was pretty iconic for sure. 
That is, uh, that is fantastic. All right, uh, last call here as we finish off hour one. What you got for me? Yeah, we got Blue in Kentucky. Blue in Kentucky, my boy Blue. What's up, Clay? You stole my thunder. Nolan Ryan, Robert Ventura in 1993 was, was epic. It was like Doc Holliday. I'm your Huckleberry. I'm dying. I'm still a badass. It was fantastic. But I'll throw a couple others out there at you. Uh, Jordan, Reggie Miller, that, that, even though it wasn't a great fight, yes. it was a testament to how good Reggie Miller was because he got under his skin that much. Yeah, and that's then great. And Blunt, yeah, it was great. And LeGarrette Blunt's cold clock and the random white guy from Boise State, that, By- that, I, that always sticks in my head. Byron Hopped, uh, Hopped, I think was that guy's name. All right, and that was, again, Chip Kelly's first ever game that he coached at Oregon. Lots of great uh, examples rolling in. Uh, the YouTube of Nolan Ryan and, and Robin Ventura fighting. Uh, some people bring up a lot of others. I'll hit some more for you that Twitter is sending us when we come back in hour two. But I got a good story for you. LeBron Taco Tuesday next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock, and there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. 
Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their toyo test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Live from the Geico Outkick Studios. Hope you're having a great Wednesday, wherever you may be. Thanks to all of you on Twitter, who, unlike the entire staff here, immediately knew that I was talking about Johnny Cueto, who was a pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds in a brawl against the St. Louis Cardinals. And there was, uh, he got up against the backstop and he was kicking. And uh, I don't think his career went very well after that, but I've never really seen anybody kick in a brawl before. That seemed like it kind of uh, moved beyond the usual brawl uh, shenanigans. And uh, also, I should have mentioned this one because the audio on it was pretty incredible. Uh, The Miami FIU brawl in college football happened back in 2006, and uh, it uh, it was incredible. It was uh, it was a wild, ongoing brawl, and uh, I think there were like 13 people kicked out. And uh, Lamar Thomas uh, was a uh, broadcaster who was calling that game, and like basically he he was saying he wanted to get in the brawl himself, and he was praising the Miami football team for winning the brawl. Uh, that was pretty. Uh, that was a pretty iconic one as well, especially if you're a college football fan. Uh, all right, so. Uh, and again, we're talking about the Amir Garrett. If you're just starting off your morning with us, make sure you go to Twitter and just look at the video of Amir Gar- uh, Garrett, Cincinnati Reds pitcher, charging the entire Pittsburgh Pirate uh, dugout, leading to a bench-clearing brawl last night in the game between the Pirates and the Reds. Uh, we're going to be joined by Darren Ravel, who now works at uh, the uh, – God, there's too many things that sound the same. We've got the Athletic – We've got the Atlantic. Is he action? And we have the Action yeah. Network. Everybody has to have an A that they start with. So I got to be careful in making sure that I get the right associational value there. But last night, LeBron James has turned this Taco Tuesday thing into a uh, into a trend. He gets on his Instagram and he does a Taco Tuesday announcement. I don't know if he always does it in a Mexican accent, but this is what this is what it sounded like last night. LeBron James announcing to uh, Taco Tuesday in a Mexican accent. Here's what it sounded like. Taco Tuesday, I found you. Y'all know what today is. Taco Tuesday, we're for you. I'm blessed today that I found you, baby. 
Cause you know what that day is Taco That is LeBron James pretending to be Mexican announcing Taco Tuesday. Now, that didn't sound like a Mexican accent. That is one billion percent his attempt. That's at what a he's trying accent. to do. Yeah. If you watch the video, it's clear. Okay, so I'm not a Mexican. I'm not a Hispanic person. So I want to start here. So this question for everybody out there: If a uh, if a white athlete decides and look I think it's kind of crazy that we associate any food with any particular uh racial group but we had the controversy back in the day when Fuzzy Zeller said like he was going to have collard greens and watermelon or whatever it was right in his master's uh dinner in honor of Tiger Woods if a white pro athlete came on and said like hey uh we're you know it's fried chicken Thursday and he said it in a black accent and like it would be like he would get suspended. He might get kicked out of the league, right? If he wasn't an incredible player, it would go viral. Everybody would be like, oh my God, this is incredibly and insanely insensitive, right? So LeBron James Taco Tuesday impersonating a Mexican person or a Hispanic person, it's pretty clear that's what he's doing. Roberto, yeah. Your thoughts. Like, so. Do you agree with me? Like, imagine Donald Trump did this, all right? Imagine that a white guy did the exact same thing that Donald Trump. Like, Donald Trump, remember, got ripped for saying that he liked tacos, which is actually really funny. He liked Taco Bell. Yeah, but but it was like, didn't Donald Trump get accused of being racist? Yeah, he did. uh, Against Hispanic people? And he said, like, that's impossible. I love tacos, which is, by the way, whether you love or hate Trump, that's such a ridiculously funny response. People are like, hey, you're racist against Hispanic people. And Trump's like, what are you guys talking about? I love tacos. I mean, that is an incredible, like, can you imagine that? Like, somebody's like, man, you know, uh, that, 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 whoever you know out there at your job, right? Like, man, did you hear what so-and-so said? It was really insensitive about Hispanic people. And, and then, like, you confront him with it. And he's like, what are you talking about? I love chips and salsa. I, I go get margaritas on uh, Taco Tuesday all the time. How could you possibly think that I'm racist? Uh, so that would be an incredible defense. It right? was like on Cinco de Mayo, if I remember, that Trump took the picture with the tostada <laughs> that's bowl. What it was. That's, yes. what it, that's what it was. It was like a taco bowl. It was a, Yeah, that's on what, Cinco de Mayo. That is, that is straight up phenomenal, right? Like whether you love or hate Trump, the fact that he decided <laughs> – it's really funny. That's what it was. The fact that he decided to get a picture taken on Cinco de Mayo and saying like, "Hey, that's what it was." Uh, thank like all my Hispanic supporters. Thanks to all my Hispanic supporters, and it showed him eating like a taco salad or something. Yeah, with his thumb up. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> that is amazing, right? All right, so that's what the story was. But can you imagine if Donald Trump was like, "Hey, we got a new trend at the White House: Taco Tuesday." And then he did a video and he did a Mexican accent while he talked about how much he liked tacos. It would be everywhere and everybody would be like, yeah, that's that's kind of racist, dude. So uh, LeBron does Taco Tuesday in a Mexican accent. Your thought, uh, your thoughts, Roberto? Well, the first time I saw it, I, I thought it was, was uh, I thought it was kind of dumb. We did it the first time. I was like, oh, OK, whatever. I guess he's trying to be funny. And this this last time it's it's a little it's a little much it's kind of annoying it's kind of going over overboard with it this time. Is this the first time that he's done the Mexican accent? Because no, know he did that he did that last uh, last Tuesday as was, well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, last Tuesday. 
You know, the one thing that I mean, it takes a lot for me to be offended. I mean, I'm not, I'm not offended by it. I think. Let's let me say this, by the way. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. In general, I think people who listen to this show rank low on the offensive uh, chart. Yeah. I just think it's interesting. Uh, I wanted to get your perspective on it because it is interesting how we have different standards of speech for different people. And again, if if Donald Trump did this, and you could say, well, he's the president, but I mean, I think if there were uh, a white pro athlete doing this, it could very well turn into a story as well. Like, why does LeBron get a pass to do a Mexican accent? When again, if somebody out there was doing like fried chicken Thursday or whatever, yeah, uh, fried chicken Friday, and a white guy came on and did a, a black accent, or a Hispanic guy did, or an Asian guy did, it would be a huge story, right? Be like, oh my God, can you believe this? It's so racist. So why is LeBron, a black guy, able to do a Mexican voice and nobody even reacts? Exactly. That's like the 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 one thing that I'm like, come on, LeBron, you're supposed to be this guy who's all about social issues or racial issues. You would think it'd be more self aware of like what he's like what he's doing, no? A That's social like, justice warrior. Exactly. What, what about? Like, he's over here doing a, trying to be like Mexican, doing a Mexican accent with on the Taco Tuesday. I'm Mexican. I don't eat. I don't eat tacos on Tuesday. I eat tacos all the time. I love tacos. <laughs> you you don't separate. Like yeah. Eddie, are you? Do you have a Hispanic background? Yes, my, my uh, grandparents were from Mexico. My yeah. dad's parents. All right. So uh, so in addition to fighting in World War II and storming the beaches on Normandy yeah. and doing all the updates for the last seventy years, what do you think? Like, is my analogy here somewhat uh, somewhat correct in that? Like LeBron maybe gets a pass here, and it doesn't make sense if you apply every other standard of perpetually offended social media justice here. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to. I think I agree a lot with Roberto. This doesn't offend me uh, as someone who has you yeah, know, exactly. Latino roots. But at the same time, if LeBron is going to be this big social justice warrior, I mean, I I, I I shake my head that he's you know doing he's behaving in a way even though he's he's trying to be funny. I don't think he's trying to be malicious, but you know he's not he's sensitive in certain areas. Let's yeah, say. we can't and, call up, uh, and, players are not they're yeah, not like owned by right. owners anymore. He's right? Yeah, he's some areas, offended by the not use of the word posse. Right? He's like, oh, yes. that's racially yeah. insensitive. So if you're going to be out there saying like you're a big social justice warrior and you're offended by other people's word choices, then when you pretend to be a Mexican person on Taco Tuesday, it's like. That's not really kind of fitting your overall brand, right? Like when he also said that he wanted to make that Jewish money, um, which, you know, like a lot of people were like, hey, you know, like you're using a stereotype associated with Jewish people, whether it's a positive or a negative stereotype in a context that has led to a otherness And the creation. way he's, he's saying Taco Tuesday is kind of like being a, it's just a stereotype in the way he's yes. saying, and the way he's, he's screaming, supposedly having the... Uh, Mexican uh, 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 in Spanish say grito like Spanish the way uh, we would scream he's yeah. kind of like it's kind of like being stereotypical about that too as well yeah I mean I just think it's intriguing so you would say the same thing Eddie like I mean and and you guys agree that if this standard were flipped like let's pretend that <laughs> we talked about Donald Trump posing with the taco salad he got ripped for that I think it was kind of funny and ridiculous but if Trump had taco Tuesday in the White House and he did a Mexican accent it would be like people would lose their minds. There's no doubt people would lose their minds. Of course they would. Yeah, lose their definitely. Mind. And you could be like, well, that's because he's president. But LeBron James is, you know, a major public figure, and so I think this is intriguing. We haven't ever done this before, but I'm going to do this quickly. Dub, let's see if you can do this. Hispanic only jury. Hispanic only jury. King James is on trial. Oh, you're wor working your way through the rainbow of colors. That's right. That's right. Hispanic only jury right now. By the way, 
more Hispanic. You talk about like uh, the overall population of the United States. Way more Hispanic people now live in the United States than black people. Uh, Hispanic people are the second largest minority in the United States. I think that surprises a lot of people because they haven't paid attention to census data. Me, me, on the other hand, I'm pouring over census data all the time. Uh, but, you know, there's a, obviously the most people are white, and then you got Hispanic people, and then you got black people, and then you got Asian people. There's your lesson in diversity for the day from Outkick the Coverage. But Hispanic only jury, we haven't done this before. Hispanic only jury, LeBron James is on trial. Did he culturally approach? Can we just cut the second? We don't need the singing part because I didn't hear that part. Just the part where he does the Mexican accent. Do we have that? like saved on the, for people who are just waking up and haven't heard this, Hispanic only jury reacts. You guys are putting, we're putting LeBron James on trial, but only Hispanic people. And in particular, if you're Mexican, I guess this would be more even like Hispanic is a broad category, right? This seems the Taco Tuesday. That's yeah, a Mexican. It's Mexican a Mexican thing, impersonation. Yeah. So maybe do we need to specify? What about, what about my family in Spain and Portugal? No. No. Oh. They Spani- don't count. So Me- Mexi- Tacos are Mexican. Mexico Mex- only? I don't know about Mexico only, but we'll give you a pass if Hispanic. Only Hispanic people get to be on our jury. We've never done a Hispanic-only jury. You guys are we're putting LeBron James on trial, uh, determine whether or not he's racist for doing the Mexican accent here on Taco Tuesday. Do we have it again? Do we have just LeBron's yeah. accent? And by the way, if you watch it, is there any disagreement that that's what he's doing? Like, is, is, is Dub, are, are, does everybody agree that he is pretending to be Mexican in this audio? Uh, I totally agree with you there. Totally agree. Eddie, you totally agree? Yes. Uh, Danny G, are you yeah. now in agreement? Well, I, I wasn't in disagreement. I just think he's being silly. Yeah, he's being... Well, he's, being, he's, just being he's just being a dumb blank. But oh, gotta be gotta be careful. There. Yeah, dude. You gotta be careful there. What are you, you're on the you're on the mic. You like you gotta drop you. What? I said blank. I don't even know what the blank is, but I know we'd have been in trouble if you said it. Uh, all right. So here is God. We're trying to put LeBron James on trial for racism, and you just put Danny us all G on, on trial. trial. Danny, we gotta put Danny G on trial now. Uh, only Spanish and Portugal people can can weigh in on Danny. Like, all right, so let's go with the uh, – here is the audio. LeBron James, Mexican LeBron James uh, on Taco Tuesday. Here it is. You know what that day is. Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. That – that is social justice warrior LeBron yeah, James, exactly. a black man pretending to be Mexican because he's eating tacos. Is it racist or not? Dub, are you fielding the calls? How is the Hispanic jury coming? I'm on the phone right now, so it's it's coming along. All right, only Hispanic callers. Will we get a loaded jury box for Hispanic callers? I say never, we will. I think we will probably, but I don't know for sure. We've never done the Hispanic jury before. We've done the black jury. We've done the white jury. I don't think we've done the Asian jury. We haven't had an Asian controversy, have we? No. We could find something with Jeremy Lin. Like back in the day, we could have had an Asian controversy. Jeremy Lin's been in the news, right? Because he's like, I I can't play in the NBA anymore. Yeah, I read that article. But I don't know that that's really that controversial. So we don't need an Asian jury yet. But Asian people out there, I don't want you to think that I'm leaving you out. At some point, there will be a controversy and it'll be like the greatest morning of your life because I'll be like, hey, big deal. We got an all-Asian jury time, time for Asian people to weigh in. So right now, LeBron James on trial for his Mexican impersonation. Is it racist on Taco Tuesday to be doing it? 
Well, I want to say one thing, because if you worked in FM radio in California, when the DJs go into the mix, you'll hear the DJs do that. How did you say it in Spanish, uh, Roberto? Spanish is called El Grito Mexicano. Yeah, like live in the mix. And then in the background, you hear the DJ go, in noises like that. That's like a California type thing. And I don't know if anyone finds that racist. It might be stereotypical, but it's like a party cry. All right, but the voice of the Mexican guy, again, play this. Like, this is this is clearly, like, if the standard is you are not allowed to impersonate stereotypes of other races without being racist. And again, I just want to picture everybody out there right now, pretend that Donald Trump on the new Cinco de Mayo is like, hey, uh, it's Cinco de Mayo in the White House and we're celebrating and this is what it sounds like. Cause you know what that day is. Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. Whether you are excusing anything else, like that's clearly LeBron James trading on Mexican stereotypes. Okay, that last sound he made was creepy. Yeah, it's clearly him (laughs) pretending to be Mexican while celebrating Taco Tuesday. For a but, guy but isn't he praising the taco though? Uh, but so if like okay, take a step back. It, like everybody loves fried chicken, right? Everybody on earth loves fried chicken. I've never met somebody who's like, you know what? I don't like chicken that's fried, right? But if a any other race decided they were going to have fried chicken Friday, and as part of fried chicken Friday, they pretended to be black in their endorsement of fried chicken. Nobody would be like, but you know, what he's really saying is that he loves fried chicken. So I'm not going to give LeBron a pass because he loves tacos, because also I would say, who doesn't like tacos? This is my problem with races getting to own foods. Like, everybody loves fried chicken. Why is it only associated with black people? And like, everybody loves tacos. I guess I understand that a little bit more because tacos theoretically came out of Mexico, right? But I don't see it like everybody. The great thing about America, the entire purpose of the melting pot, is we get to steal all the best foods that exist all over the world and make them ours. The burrito. The burritos, fantastic. Uh, Watermelon, fantastic. Like everything, like all the foods that people are like uh, associate with the race or whatever, they typically are pretty beloved by everybody. Like lasagna is Italian. I don't know very many people who are like, you know what? I hate lasagna. We created pizza. Pizza's not even Italian. We made that ourselves. But if you want to attribute pizza as being an Italian dish and you want to do like an Italian voice, I don't know anybody out there who's like, you know what? I uh, I hate pizza. Like foods that are incredibly popular with everyone shouldn't be able to be owned by a race. And if LeBron wants to eat some real Mexican tacos, I wouldn't be eating the ones that he's posting on his videos. There you go. As a Mexican, you're offended by exactly. the falsehood of the Mexican tacos in addition exactly. to his voice. All right, Dub, how is the Hispanic jury coming? We got a few people that are wanting to weigh in here. Well, this is disappointing on behalf of, like, we have a, a substantial Hispanic component to the show. Uh, Roberto Racist. and Eddie Garcia. <laughs> Are you offended that Hispanic people have not wanted to be a part of the Hispanic jury? 
Yeah, uh, they, they dis- should be disappointed. Yeah, disappointed. They should be up already. I mean, it's the biggest minority group in the country. <laughs> Racist. I didn't even hear that, but I'm going to Roberto said they should be up already. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually really funny. It was like that. Uh, what was the Dave Chappelle? Did you guys see the most recent Dave Chappelle uh, uh, special? Stand up. Yeah. Yeah. Where he was like. Uh, he, he, he was like, there's a guy on the front row who's Mexican and his girlfriend was Chinese or something. And did you see this? No, and, but and, the, those and, jokes are always the best. Though. Yeah, but the girl was like, I'm offended, you know, like by uh, by you know that that recent joke that she said. And, and Chappelle said he went back and he's like, uh, so what are you? You're you know Chinese and and your boyfriend is is you know Mexican. She's like, yeah. And he's like, man, I don't know anything else, but you guys are gonna have the hardest working kid ever. And and he said. The entire place erupts in laughter, and the woman just stands up, and she's like, I will never come to one of your shows again, Dave Chappelle. And his point was like, <laughs> if you are coming to my show, like, what do you expect me to say as jokes, right? Like, that, you know, like, that is uh, really kind of funny in and of itself, right? That, like, how could you love Dave Chappelle and then get offended by a joke like that? Like, how, what did she think she was coming to see? I don't know. Uh, but anyway, let's go. We have a shortage of Hispanic jurors. This is uh, – I'm, I'm really disappointed. Four uh, – only four. We have ten lines, and only four uh, of the uh, of the jurors are willing to call in and be, his, uh, be our Hispanic jury. But, Dub, who should we go to first? All right, we got Kevin in South Texas. Kevin in South Texas. Hey, what's going on, Clay? Uh, first of all, I want to apologize for my uh – for my Latinos, they're probably in line in the taqueria getting their tacos ready, the real tacos for their... <laughs> true. So uh, to, go, to go ahead and go uh, pick the sandias, the watermelons, and, the, and to raise the chickens that we're eating. So uh, I do want to apologize on that part. But I do want to say one thing. Uh, first of all, being a Mexican-American, I, I don't get offended by by people making, you know, the Taco Tuesday sort of thing. I, kind of, I find it, you know, kind of, hey, you know what, they're putting, they're putting our food in there. But, yeah, the see, time, praising it, praising uh, the taco. I'm praising it. I'm praising it, man. I'm all for it. Hey, and, you know, one of the things about, about you know, us Latinos is, you know, we, we don't really get offended very easily. You know, we're one of those races that, yeah, we'll, we'll chuckle at your jokes, but if you only knew what we had to say about you, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah. uh, at the same time, yeah, the, I don't get offended. Uh, first of all, I'm not a LeBron fan. But anyway, I, I, I find it amusing. Uh, but uh, viva la raza, and, uh, and you have a good day, Clay. Yeah, I got to give credit to the Hispanic community. Because in this age where everybody is perpetually offended, I don't remember like the Hispanic community ever rising up and being offended, right? Like the, the the black community in general, again, is like for whatever reason perpetually offended, and that's why I think the analogy here is interesting. If LeBron James is going to be a social justice warrior, yeah. one of the things about being a social justice warrior is you have to constantly be putting yourself in other people's shoes and thinking about how they might see you and like the Mexican And that's accent. why this is annoying like pretty much. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right, who's next? Dub. Uh, we got Joe and Santa Ana. Jo- Joe and Santa Ana, your thoughts. What up, Clay? You guys are my morning drive every day and I'm calling you from Santa Ana, like the heartbeat of Mexican people in Orange County, California. <laughs> yeah. And I am Mexican, and my dad is for, is a Mexican from Mexico, and my mom is from here. But you know what? He is basically the pot calling the kettle black, and he's being a hypocrite. Because you know what? I understand people like the fascination of, of talking. Oh, no. 
the heartbeat of Orange County in uh, Santa Ana. I think we lost him, right as he was saying LeBron was being a hypocrite. Yeah, All right. I know. Hispanic jury, who's up next? Uh, we got Rico in Kansas City. Rico in Kansas City. Hey, guys. Uh, just want to say, uh, Roberto, I'm a huge fan. And uh, Thank Clay, you. it just bothers me like no to no end to you know hear these guys always complaining about President Trump or somebody else saying anything about the black community. But it's okay to go ahead and, you know, make any jokes about the racial component of the country and the Latino side. And that stuff is stuff that I joke about all the time. I, I make white jokes. I make black jokes, Puerto Rican, Polish jokes, left and right, Italian jokes. I'm from New York City. I'm from Rochester, New York, sorry. But these guys just constantly just stick pot, and I just... It, it really does bother me. It's very annoying. Yeah, look, I, thanks for the call. My, my position would be that just you need to apply an even standard. Uh, and let's go to, uh, the again, the, I think the final member of our Hispanic jury. Who do we got? Yeah, we got Jose in California. Jose, what do you think? Hey, guys, how's it going? Uh, excellent. Um, yeah, I'm right here just stuck on the 10 freeways. Uh, there's like I'm stuck in traffic for like already half an hour. Um, I want to say I'm not so offended because it's, he's not, he's not like criticizing something so heavy. I mean, it's a taco. Let's not make it into something that, you know, it doesn't have to be. He's not talking about like war or things like that, you know? Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm full Mexican. I'm like, my mom's from Mexico. My dad's from Mexico, same town. And I came over here when I was only two years old. So... But now I got everything. I'm legit. So um, I just want to say, um, and I I'm, I live in LA. So you know the, what is there like, like seventy percent Hispanic? I don't know, but it's a lot. Yeah. But yeah, I don't I don't find it so offensive. All I right, mean, thanks. I'm I'm, I'm a look. All right, guys. Yeah, we got to go to break. But thanks for the call. Good luck with the traffic. Uh, we're going to bring in Darren Ravel next. I know what you're thinking is we definitely need Darren Ravel to break down the Taco Tuesday clip. We got a lot of stuff to get to with Darren Ravel, uh, and he will join us next from the Action Network. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts 
people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum! And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Goodyear tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their goodyear test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Darren Ravel from the Action Network joins us now. Uh, Darren, uh, we, we were just diving in to LeBron James and Taco Tuesday. I know you're a sports business expert. It may one day lead to a uh, Mexican restaurant franchise for LeBron James. But in the meantime, should he really be doing Mexican accents as a part of Taco Tuesday? No, probably not. Um, you know, I think that LeBron overall has done a, a tremendous job at staying out of trouble. Um, he, he, he really has had the spotlight on him. Uh, he, in terms of growing up, he obviously didn't have the father figure, uh, but, you know, from seeing him out of high school into the NBA, he was immediately very mature. Um, I think there are so many things going on that the people who are around him, um, he surrounds himself with a select few 
they're doing a lot of other things. And so that means that when he makes mistakes, uh, which are rare, um, they're probably slower to it than other teams of people around big time athletes. And, um, you know, I, I saw that with the, with the Jewish money thing. I believe when he said that related to actual lyrics, uh, that he shouldn't have said it. And he, he found out he shouldn't have said it, but I don't think he genuinely knew. Here, um, I'm just not sure, you know, whether he, he's very smart, but I, but I'm just not sure whether he understood it. He should stay away from it. And his people should get him to stay away from it, but I think in a lot of senses they're too busy. Uh, we're talking to Darren Ravel. What is the latest for people out there who are following gambling and the legalization? I think North Carolina just legalized, maybe Maine. How many states now do we have sports gambling officially legal, even if maybe you can't quite place the wagers yet? Right, so there's 17 states now. I thought that by the end of 2019 there'd be 15. So it really picked up. There are 10 states now, uh, with New York being the latest, that you can actually gamble. Um, there's a lot of rules. I mean, <laughs> I got to tell you, I have, I have a Google alert, and I have to basically learn what are the parameters of each state. Like I just tweeted out this hilarious. So uh, Iowa came up with their rules yesterday. They're supposed to start on August 15th. So the... <laughs> So for a retail sportsbook operation in Iowa, it's $45,000 license fee to the state and a $10,000 renewal fee. In relatively nearby Illinois, it's $10 million for a license fee if it's retail. $20 million if it's online. That's <laughs> wild. And, and, and DraftKings and FanDuel and those guys can't get in until 18 months after or up to 18 months after so it's kind of like you're learning all these things with each state each state is its own country essentially they all have all these different rules whether in in iowa you can probably bet on college teams in illinois you probably can't you you won't be able to you know so there's all these rules of what you can do and what you can't do um, we talked a lot yesterday about the U.S. women and the fact that, according to the U.S. Soccer Federation, the men have been paid more. Uh, did you pay attention to that story very much in uh, in your world? What did you make of it? I did. It blew up, and the president of U.S. Soccer followed me on Twitter. Just big win for you there. Yeah, no, I mean, if I can get to him, yeah, you know, what I like to do is I don't, I don't celebrate people that follow you in the moment. I, I DM them and say, let's go, you know, let's let's get this further. Um, you know, I think you were really the first one to pound it, um, and maybe it was your lawyer experience or whatever. But you know, the first part of this that people fail to understand is that employee rules when they are collectively bargained, are completely voluntary and legal. Yes. <laughs> that, uh, most of America does not know that. They do not, under, even, though we've ha- even though we have collective bargaining agreements in the major sports, most of America is unaware that uh, rules become legal when two sides decide to come up with employment 
relation rules. And what many, many parts of what the American women were protesting was what they bargained for. They specifically negotiated for their pay existence two years ago. And Correct. now they are suing under it, and they've been arguing, oh, we're not being paid the same. And U.S. Soccer Federation puts out the data and says, actually, you know, we did pay women more than we've paid right. men. The key, here is, the key here is audited financials, W-2s. Now people go, no, 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 apples and oranges. Well, it's apples and oranges. It's voluntarily apples and oranges. Yeah. Okay? The U.S. Soccer Federation pays for the, the National Women's Soccer League uh, salaries. That's one of the things that uh, you know keeps them afloat. They don't pay for MLS, so you can't say like, "Oh, well, then you why are you including the women's?" They women's specifically salary? requested. Because they that. actually pay for it. Yeah. They, they, there's no debate. They actually pay for it, so you can't then take that out. Now, the other thing that that U.S. Soccer had to do, and I can't believe they restrained themselves this long. Um, was to basically say they play women play less games. The men play a lot more friendlies, 20. And if you were to match it up, the women would make more. Uh, the, the, the women do have a, a bonus structure that means that if they win more, they get more. If they don't, they don't. The men don't have a bonus structure. That's probably the fact that they think they can't win. And they negotiated a, a deal that guarantees them more money. So, again, there's, there's, there's these things that I think a lot of people jumped on, and it is apples and oranges, but it's apples and oranges by virtue of how it was set up, and it is on a voluntary basis it's that. Why do you think it took so long for U.S. soccer to put out this information? The the only answer I have, because I do not believe they don't want to be a distraction to the World Cup, right? When you're when you're getting assaulted, when you're getting assaulted, there is no uh, there's no other motivation but to protect yourself. I believe the reason why it took so long is because they didn't have the audited numbers. Yeah. Anyone who knows about audits, they knew they had to, in some way, come back. And I think maybe they came back too strong. I actually think they should have just uh, put out a piece of paper, right? Like, what's the need for all this? Con- I, I don't even know, you know, like they didn't even need much connection. And, and people will say, oh, well, U.S., the, the, the women responded. And I go, well, they didn't respond with data. I want to I I see it back now. You know, they, so I, I think it has to do with, you know, they had to come back, and I think they smartly came back with audited information. Because if that information is good, and maybe there's some spin to it, but I really wasn't able to decipher that. Uh, if that audited information is good, it's over. There's no, there's not really any coming back from this. Uh, Darren, do you want to come back for us for the final segment? What's your schedule look sure. like this morning? All right, sure. we'll bring back Darren for the final segment of the hour. Uh, in the meantime, keep hanging with us. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their pirelli test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerackcom the way tire buying should be 
Darren Ravel, Action Network, with us here to finish off hour two of the Wednesday show. Uh, Darren, your favorite brawl in honor of Amir Garrett charging the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates bench last night. Which one do you like the most? Most guys who grew up in my generation, favorite brawl is going to be Robin Ventura and Owen oh, Ryan. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's so hard to get around that, you know. Younger guy charges old man and Ryan beats the crap out of him. I will say that I do have a special appreciation for managers who go nuts themselves. Um, I always loved the spitting in the face of the umpire and arguing about nothing. I mean, as uh, it, that that's better theater, theater for me. Um, and my favorite one of that was, and you should probably look this up because it's not a standard one, Chuck Cottier, the uh, Mariners, uh, manager in 85, I believe, uh, was protesting a Dave Winfield walk. Got out, argued with the umpire, asked Winfield to step off first base, threw the first base, then went back into the dugout, threw bats, helmets, anything he could find onto the field. Um, I just appreciate a tremendous breakdown. And, and for some reason, I was watching that game, and it stuck in my head. Oh, we're talking to Darren Ravel, Action Network. Uh, now, we just had the 50th an- anniversary of the moon landing, and I know you're obsessed with memorabilia and collections surrounding the moon. Yeah, I have uh, I have two ridiculous pieces. I have one piece that's their first autographs, um, after they got out of quarantine in their first event. So I have a, a, a menu from that event signed by the three moon men. And, oh, that's and, pretty cool. Uh, Alan Shepard and Deke Slayton, who is the head of NASA. And then the other thing I have, I have not seen anyone else have this. I have, I believe, the only copy of the New York Times from the next day signed by all three guys. Oh, that's really cool. And I paid ridiculous money for it. Um, we're talking to, we're talking to Darren. Ridiculous money means what? Like five figures, like $10,000 or less more, more than 10. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, and, uh, you also cover obviously all of the different sports. More, business. more, 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 more than $25,000. More than 20. Like, how do you buy that? Is that an auction or is there a fixed price? It, like, it, how- it, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's an auction. But the, the thing is, I feel like, you know, Americans aren't, in particular, with that graded price-to-value ratio, I bought it thinking that it was at worth worth at least one hundred fifty thousand dollars. And after seeing the coverage, I believe that's the case. So, would you ever sell it? Yes. Where do you keep it? Where do you keep an autographed copy like that? Undisclosed. I am not disclosing. But it's but not. I, on, you, it's not on display. Like it's not in a frame in your no, house. No, no. It does not see the light. It actually saw the light of day once. That's the only time. But I'll tell you really quickly, uh, I, I do have much faith in the fact that some of the richest men in the world, Bezos and, and Elon Musk and, and you know, a bunch of these, and, Ver, and, and uh, Richard Branson, are in the space race, and they'd appreciate that. And at some point, you hope they'll come and, uh, and buy it for you quickly. What happened with Under Armour? Oh, my God. They are here in trouble. I mean, to announce that you're going to have a North American sales decline, uh, I just I feel like they, they, they missed out of athlete, athlete leisure, which Lululemon's killing. Um, you know, Nike's been managed to generate some controversy and have some buzz. 
Adidas has, has done some stuff in fashion. Puma's done some stuff in fashion. Under Armour's just in no man's land. They're, they're in trouble. Not a good place to be. Darren Ravel, appreciate the time. We will talk to you again soon, I hope. Uh, you got it. Thanks, th- thanks for Darren Ravel, Action Network. Check him out uh, on Twitter. Obviously very active there. Uh, we come back, Hour 3, Major League Baseball trade deadline today for Eastern. We'll talk with John Morosi. We'll dive into the brawl and everything else. Appreciate you hanging with us here on OutKick. This is OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis. from the Geico Outkick Studios. How about Outkick? We are hanging out with you here on a Wednesday in uh, the trade deadline. Major League Baseball emerging closer and closer 4 o'clock Eastern. Uh, Would encourage you guys to stay tuned to Fox Sports Radio all day. We're about to be joined by John Morosi in the next segment to break down everything surrounding uh, the Major League Baseball trade deadline and the latest in Major League Baseball. Again, for Eastern, that is officially going to hit, and then everybody will be locked and loaded as they come down the stretch run of the baseball season. In the meantime, it's getting hot all over the country, and as part of that heat, sometimes baseball players lose their cool. That happened last night with Amir Garrett, Cincinnati Reds pitcher. I believe we have audio of this, and the audio, trust me, doesn't do justice. You need to watch the video. Uh, I want you guys to check this out. Um, this is Amir Garrett. He's being removed from the, the the mound. And we had a couple days ago that incredible Trevor Brower incident uh, and Trevor Browers. And, and now he's been traded too. Yasil Puig moved last night. Uh, if you missed that uh, Bauer incident, he was pulled out of the game by manager Terry Francona. He took the baseball. He turned and he threw it all the way over the center field wall, which was pretty crazy. Uh, I've never seen that before. I also, in the same week, have never seen a pitcher being removed from a game and take off off the mound and run at everybody else uh, in the Pittsburgh Pirates dugout and attack them one on 10 or 15. This is what it sounded like last night. If you missed it again, go to my Twitter feed, at Clay Travis, if you haven't seen this already, and check it out as well. And it looks like the Reds are going to make a double switch, and now Amir Garrett is headed to the Pirates dugout, and here we go. I don't know who he went after, but he got in there, and he is right in the middle of it. Oh, my goodness. And Amir Garrett is outnumbered, and here we go. Both sides have cleared. I mean, Amir Garrett went straight to the dugout and threw a haymaker at somebody, and this is a real brawl. I mean, there are guys swinging left and right down there in front of that dugout. Uh, That in and of itself is uh, really awesome. Again, if you haven't seen that video, uh, that video, 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 video. Uh, The other uh, story that we've had fun with so far today um, is this is fascinating to me. So LeBron James, and uh, we haven't even talked about this, like went to his kids AAU game and uh, that turned into a big storyline. And I've kind of paid attention to, to that story in general because my wife got on me at our seven and eight year old boys basketball game recently uh, this past fall because she said I was talking and yelling too much from the crowd and some people knew me because I'm relatively prominent uh, and so I should be quiet and I shouldn't do anything and so we talked if you listen to my wins and losses podcast which I think you guys will like 
Kirk Herbstreet was um, on with us, and we were talking about the way that he watches. He has four sons, them play baseball games. And there's different ways, like uh, if you are, uh, you know, a little bit different or more recognizable parent that you can go about uh, making the decision about how to watch your kids. And this is something that I think about, and LeBron obviously is a billion times more, uh, more famous than I am. Uh, but there's a lot of talk about the way that he was watching the game. In general, my position is, as long as you are uh, watching in a positive manner, I don't really kind of get that worked up about it. So uh, I didn't think that that was that huge of a story. Obviously, there's not a ton of massive in the world of sports stories that are going on right now. But I did think this uh, was intriguing, and we opened it up uh, to callers in hour two. LeBron's been all in on this Taco Tuesday thing, right? And so I am fascinated by, in this modern era that we live in, where people are perpetually offended by everything, LeBron James uh, every Tuesday has, uh, has tacos, and he's turned it into like this big internet meme thing. And what's fascinating about it is it really basically has turned into LeBron James pretending to be Mexican when he talks about how much he likes tacos. And listen to like this 10-second clip uh, of LeBron James – and when you listen to it, I want you to think uh, how the reaction or what the reaction would be if we kind of just subtly altered the dynamics here. Because I think that's that's really uh, a part of deciding what kind of world we live in where people are perpetually offended by everything. So here is LeBron James pretending to be Mexican. I think there's agreement on the entirety of the show, there's zero doubt that LeBron James is trying to be Mexican here. This is his attempt. Here's 10 seconds of LeBron James, Mexican. Did you know what that day is? Taco Tuesday! Taco Tuesday! All right, so... LeBron James clearly pretending to be a Mexican person there. Now, LeBron James fancies himself a huge social justice warrior. He's let us know he's offended by the term posse. He's feuded with Donald Trump. He wore a, uh, on his Sportsman of the Year uh, a win, he wore, remember back when the safety pin was a trendy thing to do when like you were showing that you were like, I don't know, that you were offended by the election of Trump or you were a safe place or whatever you were. He is an outspoken left-wing political activist LeBron James is. So, I think it's fair to ask this question. I'm going to open up the uh, the phone lines now to everyone. 877-996-6369. And I'll start with this question for the crew. Let's pretend that an, a prominent Asian, uh, white, or Hispanic athlete announces that he's going to have fried chicken Friday and he pretends to be black with his accent. What happens to him, Danny G? Well, you open your show with it yeah, and are outraged. Um, well, first of all... Well, maybe you're not outraged, but there would be shows on the radio he and would TV. Be, he would be suspended from his sport, is my, is my presumption. Whether he's, black, uh, whether he's Asian, Hispanic, or white. Could be, you know, like, again... If you just pick a food that is associated with an ethnic group, and again, I don't think it's fair because I think everybody loves fried chicken, but that has been become associated with black people like watermelons have, tacos with Mexicans, 
uh, you know, like whatever food you want to think of that has been directly attributed to a racial group, right? Um, so wh- is there any doubt? Does anybody doubt that that player would be suspended and the outrage meter would spin out of control? Anybody at all on the show? You agree, Danny G, whoever that player is, immediately suspended and it turns into a huge story. It would be a huge story for sure. All right. What about you? Uh, what about you, Dub? Huge story. I mean, it would be a massive story. Every national radio show in the country would probably lead with it. Would probably lead with it. Uh, what about you? Uh, what about you, uh, uh, Eddie Garcia? You agree with that? Yes, I do. It would be a huge story, and and the player would be suspended uh, and probably you, lose endorsements if they had any endorsements. Yes. What about you, Roberto? Yeah, agree. That's a good point by Eddie. Definitely would lose endorsements for sure. All right. So. Why is so? This is an interesting question. Again, opening phone lines 877 996 6369. Why is LeBron pretending to be Mexican? Like, so far, I mean, I just tweeted it out, but and again, I'm not saying that I am offended by it at all. I just think that in this era of perpetual offense, I always find it interesting to just tweak things a little bit and say, why is society responding differently? Why is and remember Hispanics are the largest ethnic group, the largest minority group in the entire country. So, uh, so this is a huge, you know, there's a huge number of people out there that are Hispanic. A lot of them listening to this show right now. Um, again, I think it's like what 16 percent, something like that. I think uh, of the population is Hispanic. Twelve percent of the population is black. So, why is it that if an Asian if an Hispanic or if a white person did Fried Chicken Friday and did it in a black voice, everyone would lose their mind. LeBron doing Taco Tuesday in a Mexican voice, and he's a social justice warrior again. He should be the person who's the most aware of pretending to be somebody of a different race and how, you know, especially in a stereotypical voice in a stereotypical fashion. Uh, I am curious why that reaction is different. Well, there's think, no doubt that the, the reaction is different, right? Yeah, but I think and it's I don't the background. Think, let me say this. I don't think, and I'm saying the intent is not to be bad, right? Like, I don't think that LeBron is intentionally trying to be uh, offensive to Hispanic people here, right? But also, I think a lot of times what people get upset about, again, in today's society, people are not intending to be offensive, right? Like, there's a difference between choosing to... Uh, to insult someone intentionally and trying to be funny and people being upset, right? Like, I think that context matters, but why are we willing to apply context in some cases and in others we are not? I think this is a fascinating question, and I think it goes to the way that a lot of people feel about our politically correct society today is that the rules don't apply evenly based on speech and they don't apply evenly based on who's speaking. And I'll give you another example. Donald, play that clip for uh, for us again of LeBron James. Imagine Donald Trump does it. It is like the world comes undone if Donald Trump does this exact same thing uh, on Taco Tuesday from the White House. Here it is again. You know what that day is! Taco Tuesday! Taco Tuesday! 
clearly LeBron James, stereotypical Mexican there. Uh, we opened up the phone lines for you, 877-996-6369. For people who are just waking up on the West Coast in particular, I brought you guys in earlier, but I'll bring you guys in again. We have two guys of Hispanic uh, origin on the show. Roberto, first of all, your Mexican. family is Mexican. So yeah. specifically, LeBron James is pretending to be Mexican. When you saw this, what did you think? Uh, the first time, the first time I saw it was last week. I'm like, ah, whatever. He did it last week too. Yeah, he did it last week. I saw him like, oh, I guess when he was, I think Anthony Davis was at his house when he did it. I thought, oh, okay, this guy's trying to be funny. This, this next time was was kind of kind of annoying. I think it's kind of going a little overboard. I'm not offended by it, but he pretends to be some social justice warrior. I guess Mexican stereotypes he doesn't care about. That he's just going out there and, and doing it. So that's 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 the one thing that. It annoys me about it. And he's in a city of Los Angeles yeah. that has a huge Hispanic population, right? Exactly, yeah. And a huge Mexican population. So you would think a guy like LeBron James, who is supposedly a social justice warrior, like that he wouldn't be pretending to be Mexican. You're not particularly offended by no, it. No, I'm not offended by it. And I think, look, you work on this show. It's hard. Like I think in general the people who listen to this show tend to not be easily offended. And I'm not offended by it at all. But I do think it's worth the conversation – about why LeBron gets a pass here and other people doing the exact same thing. And certainly if you cross over and change the racial dynamic, and I don't like Donald, it changes I don't completely. like Donald Trump either. Imagine Donald imagine if Donald Trump did this, man. He'll be he'll be getting oh, people will be calling him a racist and be getting all kinds of stuff. People would lose their mind exactly, if Donald Trump did yeah. the exact same thing that LeBron James just did. Uh Eddie Garcia, also Hispanic uh origin in your background. What did you think when you saw this? I, what came to mind, honestly, was not that, oh, I'm offended, he needs to apologize for this. What came to mind was, I, I would like for him to look at this and think about it, and next time he's offended by something that is a joke or something exactly. that's not intended to be malicious, that he thinks, you know what, maybe I shouldn't take that stuff so seriously either. That is really well said. Yeah. I wish as a society everyone could do that, right? Like, instead of being perpetually offended by everything – Think what you just said is great. Like, think about what you did. And again, LeBron, I don't think is intending to disparage Mexican people here. In fact, I think if you asked him, he'd be like, I like Mexican, like almost like what Donald Trump did. Like when Donald Trump awkwardly on Cinco de Mayo day held up like a taco salad and was like, happy Cinco de Mayo. I love Hispanic people. And he was like, and also, by the way, I'm eating a taco salad today. And it was just so ridiculously awkward that it kind of was funny to me anyway. But I don't think there was a malice intended with it. And I don't think there's a malice intended here. And I think most of what people get offended by today, there isn't a malice intended. But remember, LeBron James came out when Phil Jackson used the word posse and he said, oh, that's a, that's racially insensitive to use the word posse. And similarly, that's a great example but, but that right wasn't there, a yeah. joke, though. That was Phil being condescending, right? That was him saying you guys are just a bunch of unprofessional clowns, not real agents, don't you think? Yeah, but posse to me, like entourage, like whatever he said, well, like yeah, to me, yeah. those are, I know. Those are I, synonyms. I understand. Right? It's like, a word. I don't think it was intended. Like, yes, was it intended to be like, I don't have a lot of respect for LeBron James and his entourage or his posse or his crew, whatever it was. I don't think that Phil Jackson was using the word posse to be racist, right? And LeBron said, oh, you can't say that. And then remember where the word owner getting banned by the NBA came from was LeBron James's show. 
Exactly. Right? Yeah. Like Draymond yeah. Green Barbershop. went on and yeah. said, uh, I'm offended. I think it's racially insensitive that we have owners in the NBA. And then Adam Silver comes out and says, well, we've replaced the word owner with governor. So LeBron James, and again, when he's on the cover of Sports Illustrated, he's wearing that safety pin being like, I am uber woke. I am totally in alliance with everybody out there who feels marginalized and maligned and who feels like they are being treated unfairly. And then he simultaneously is doing uh, impersonations of himself as a Mexican person while he eats tacos. I mean, it's hypocritical in nature for him to be behaving this way. Now, I think what Eddie said is what I would like to see happen in the country. It's really succinctly said. But yeah, like everybody is not trying to hurt your feelings and intent matters and context matters and all this stuff. But you know where it wouldn't matter at all is if a Hispanic, an Asian, or a white athlete did Fried Chicken Friday or Watermelon Wednesday and they pretended to be black with their accent while they talked about how excited they were to eat a watermelon or to eat fried chicken. The entire country would come undone. And so why do we have different acceptable patterns for speech based on who the speaker is? Same thing. Now, you can say if Donald Trump did the exact same thing that, that LeBron James just did here, that it's a bigger story because Donald Trump is president. But I think it's a bigger story because Donald Trump is a white guy. Look, I'm not saying it's not a double standard, but what makes it different is Taco Tuesday is a thing, especially in California, where we're proud of okay. our Mexican okay, food here. Okay, but pause there. Let's pretend that Fried Chicken Friday became a thing. And by the way, why wouldn't it? Who doesn't love fried chicken? Oh, I agree Or that with you. Watermelon Wednesday became a thing because everybody in the summer loves watermelon because it's hot and watermelon is damn good to eat, right? If Watermelon Wednesday was a thing or if Fried Chicken Friday was a thing and a Hispanic, white, or Asian person celebrated it by pretending to be black, it would be a huge scandal. I mean, I think uh, Roberto's right. Like, not only would they get suspended, every endorsement would get pulled off of them. I don't think that LeBron James is going to face any consequences at all. And the thing that I would say is, a big part of why people reject, I think, as a group, politically correct society is because the politically correct society doesn't apply standards evenly. They don't set precedents that apply evenly to everyone regardless of their race or gender. They punish some people more severely than they do others. LeBron James is essentially going to get, I think, a pass here. Just like he got a pass when he said, you know, he wanted to make that Jewish money. And again, if LeBron James is just wanting to be an athlete, then whatever. But LeBron James holds himself out as this uber woke social justice warrior who is hyper left wing and insanely sensitive to everybody else's speech patterns and choices of behavior. And here he's being a complete and total hypocrite. And I also bet that very few people in the media will even bother to point this out because they're afraid of upsetting LeBron James because he's a powerful athlete. And if you challenge LeBron James in any way, then you are marked and he won't do an interview with you or he won't interact with your, uh, with your network. It's fascinating to think about. 
Well, it is, for the record, not Taco Tuesday anymore. It's Wednesday whatever. And on Wednesday whatever, we know that it is MLB trade deadline. So coming up next, we're going to talk with my guy, uh, John Morosi, find out what trades might be made. Also see what he thinks of that Amir Garrett brawl last night that happened between the Reds and the Pirates. If you haven't seen that video, you need to check it out. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. John Morosi joins us now. He's our Major League Baseball insider. You can watch him all over the place. Uh, and, uh, John, I want—I know it's a busy day for you because the Major League Baseball trade deadline is today at 4, and we'll get to that in a moment. But first, Amir Garrett is leaving the mound, getting pulled from the game, and he charges the Pittsburgh Pirates bench, one on 10 or 12. Have you ever seen anything like this before? I have not, Clay, and, and good morning. Happy happy trade deadline day to you. Uh, I I was very surprised to see this last night, to say this at the very least. Uh, a lot of tension between these two teams, going back to a, a benches clearing melee uh, in April. So uh, on some level, it was not surprising to see a brawl, a melee between these teams. But having it be initiated by a pitcher running off the mound and effectively challenging an, an entire dugout was was not on my list of, of likeliest options last night. Uh, I, I, I gotta say it was obviously uh, not appropriate and not something you would uh, typically see in baseball. But uh, you've uh, on, on some level it, that takes a, a fair amount of courage to take on an entire team willingly. Uh, and and uh, Amir Garrett uh, is a very brave man. Uh, he'll, he'll be suspended certainly, but that was a uh, that was that was quite a moment last night in Cincinnati. How much of a suspension do you think he'll get? Great question. I, I I think he'll get. I think ten games is about where I I think this could come down because essentially it's I, I'm not sure from a, from a disciplinary standpoint how you would rhetorically say that this should be handled much differently from when a batter charges them out. Uh, that, that's, that's, it's a similar act, a different direction and, 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 uh, different, very different odds, very different ratios of, uh, number of players, uh, versus the other side. But I, I would imagine that, that charging them out and charging the dugout are, are similar actions. And, and I think, uh, ten games seems to be about the the right measure there, uh, but uh, it's really something that we have not seen happen very often. Play so it's the, the precedent on this. The, the the case history is not very thick, and uh, I'll be really really interested to see how Joe Torre handles things here in the, in the coming days. Yeah, it will be fascinating. All right, you mentioned it earlier on your intro, and we've talked about it during the course of the show today. Four o'clock Eastern Major League Baseball trade deadline. What do you expect to happen? Who are the players potentially on the trading block that people might recognize out there? And which teams do you think might be the most active, either as buyers or sellers? Well, I'll start, Clay, with, with, with the pitching side of the equation here. And, and I think we're going to see a number of moves. And we'll see that because we've seen this week Trevor Bauer last night going to the uh, Reds in an agreed-upon trade. And, of course, uh, Yasiel Puig involved in the, in the brawl. 
that was his last act as a Cincinnati Red. He's in the process of getting traded to the Cleveland Indians. So remarkable on that level as well. Uh, but Madison Bumgarner, I think we'll see him traded. I, I do. I think we'll see Robbie Ray move. We'll think we'll see no Syndergaard move. Uh, because simply the fact that Trevor Bauer and Marcus Stroman were traded this week to teams that we did not really see as being buyers means there's still a lot of leftover demand. And that that here on the morning of the deadline, a lot of buyers have yet to satisfy their need for a starting pitcher. So uh, I think we'll see a lot of movement in that regard. The New York Yankees, Clay, and, and this is, in general, I would say the, the, the market moves best and quickest on the deadline when the Yankees are involved because they have a way of driving the conversations with their sheer uh, relevance and, 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 and effect on the industry. And that's the case today. They need, Clay, they need starting pitching in the worst way. So whether it's Bumgarner, Robbie Ray, Mike Miner, uh, there's a lot of different possibilities there. I, I would doubt Noah Syndergaard in, 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 in city, so to speak. But I, I would look for them to be very aggressive. The Yankees, Matty Boyd's one more name. Uh, a lot of lefties I just mentioned, but but I think in general, righty or lefty, uh, the Yankees have some work to do before 4 p.m. Eastern time today. We're talking to John Morosi. He is our Major League Baseball insider, joins us weekly. All right, let's go to the NL Central because one of the things about the trade deadline that becomes fascinating is it's kind of a sign of which teams are throwing in the towel, which believe that they still have a chance to win the division or get into the wild card race. The NL Central is wild right now, right? I'm not sure how many division races we're actually going to end up with coming down the stretch of the baseball season, but right now the Cardinals, the Cubs, and the Brewers are separated by one and a half games at the top of the NL Central. Do you think these three teams look to be active? Uh, What exactly is going on here in what is by far the most competitive division race in all of baseball? Love it, Clay. That's a great point by you about just how compact they are. Uh, and, and this is where the trade deadline becomes a window into a team's soul because it really will tell you what they think of themselves and if they believe their roster is worth the upgrades. If they believe they've got a chance to really win the World Series, you'll see them behave in a very particular way. I think Steve Epstein in Chicago has always been aggressive at the deadline. This goes back to he traded Nomar Garcia Parra now uh, 15 years ago. Amazing it's been that long, but that was 15 years ago at Boston, and of course went on to win the World Series. So uh, I believe they'll find a way to get one more bat. I think Nicholas Castellanos in Detroit's been someone that they've talked about. It fits them well, a righty bat to balance things out. And especially in the, in the National League playoffs, you want as many righty bats as possible because you're going up against the Dodgers and all those great left-handed pitchers there. So I would say pay close attention there to Castellanos uh, with the Cubs, Will Smith, the reliever, potentially uh, going to the, to the Cardinals. They have been very interested in upgrading their bullpen with one more lefty arm. Carlos Martinez actually has done a pretty good job as a closer. Got another save last night. But I, I do believe getting one more lefty reliever for the end of the game is, is very key for the St. Louis Cardinals. And then with the Brewers, Clay, uh, they've needed pitching for a long time. They just haven't really been able to make the impact move. And I think that uh, we'll look back probably on this era of Brewers baseball. They may they may get a pitcher now. They might. I mean, there's there's certainly still a time for them. They traded for Jordan Lyles this week, and, and uh, I, I think they probably need more. And they needed more last year and the year before that. If they had made the right moves last year, 
it's very possible that they would have uh, defeated the Dodgers in the National Championship Series. But Clay, to me, they, they've been very cautious, uh, and I think at times too cautious. And, and I think one other team that, that probably is now in a spot to be bold and needs to be bold, the Minnesota Twins, their neighbors to the north and west. Uh, they're a team that after the Indians made their moves yesterday with Trevor Bauer, time for the Twins to act and really upgrade their rotation as well. All right, as we come down the stretch, we're 110, 112, depending on who's playing uh, games roughly into the season. Who I always like to ask you this each week, but as we come down the stretch here, who do you think are the two best teams, best team in the AL, best team in the NL right now as we sit poised on the trade deadline approaching? Best team in the AL right now, I, I, I simply cannot, cannot answer the Yankees because of my, my pitching questions about them as they sit right now on the morning of the deadline. Morning of the deadline, the best team in the AL is Houston. The best team in the NL is Los Angeles. The Dodgers, are just they're so deep. Yes, they're flawed in the bullpen, and I look for them to try to find a way to get Felipe Vasquez from the Pirates. But in general, the Dodgers are the best team, best roster, I believe, in baseball, probably, in the National League, certainly. And then uh, Houston on the American League side. Verlander was dominant last night. Clay, they're a, they're a fun team to watch. The Astros are. They brought in Jordan Alvarez this year. They still got their core. Carlos Correa is healthy again. And that's why, unless the Yankees do something powerful right now, Clay, uh, I believe the Yankees will not be in the World Series. It would be the Houston Astros instead for the second time in three years. Uh, outstanding stuff as always. Uh, what else should we know? Uh, I know you've answered a lot already, but again, for people waking up across the country, Major League Baseball trade deadline officially four o'clock Eastern. Are there any other like? Is there a, a a part of you that thinks, wow, this blockbuster, small chance of it happening? What else is out there that could make people by four o'clock Eastern look down at their phones or look at television as the news breaks and their jaws kind of drop? Zach Granke could move, Clay. That, that, that's one that's probably a surprise to a lot of fans. Uh, he has been mentioned a little bit, though. Big contract, hard to move him. But I would say teams that have a thin farm system but but um, an interest in taking on that salary, like the Angels, the Astros, and the Phillies, watch them very carefully. Also, not quite as much conversation about bats these days, but Trey Mancini is someone who's got a lot of value and a lot of interest. Uh, the, the Rangers and the Astros, among the possible landing spots for Trey Mancini, who, of course, a great uh, a graduate of Notre Dame, uh, outstanding player there uh, for the Baltimore Orioles, and, and, and I do think he could have a new team by the end of today. Last question for you. How excited are you for Michigan to get back into fall football camp? Can't wait. Here we are. August is right, right around the corner. It's tomorrow, my friend, so it, it's always how I look at things. Uh, once the uh, once the trade deadline passes, I'm able to actually open up those uh, great uh, college football previews that I've been buying since I was – eight years old and, and get a chance to read it that that's the, that, that begins my my college football prep uh is uh, is starting tomorrow there in the month of august and, and i'm really excited about shea patterson uh in year two with of course josh gaz's offense i think yeah, this is what what michigan needed a little bit of imagination here we'll see how harbaugh does in the final game of november that of course is how Michigan's going to measure their season. I am fascinated by those magazines the same way you are. I mean, it's a long, hot summer, and when you're at the grocery store, you're in the, uh, you know, you're in the the, the gas station or whatever, and you see those magazines hit the uh, hit the aisle. You're like, thank God, we're getting closer and closer to football season for sure. Always good stuff, John Morosi. Enjoy the day. Keep that phone uh, charged up, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Love it, Clay. Thanks so much. I've had that same reaction since I was a kid. I love it about those magazines. Oh, they are—they are absolutely phenomenal. Uh, 
breaking NFL news from Eddie Garcia. I don't even know what it is. What you got for us? Yeah, the NFL Network is reporting that the New Orleans Saints and star wide receiver Michael Thomas have agreed on a five-year, $100 million extension, making him the highest-paid wide receiver in NFL history. So, again, Michael Thomas and the Saints, five years, $100 million extension. That, according to the NFL Going to be Network. a fun night on uh, Bourbon Street for Michael to- Michael Thomas I would there. I would say so, and I'm sure Drew Brees is very happy about that as well. Yes. Uh, also, Major League Baseball trade deadline coming up. Products not available in every state. Now back to Clay Travis and the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. When we come back, we'll break down that brand new record-breaking contract for Michael Thomas, New Orleans Saints wide receiver. How much guaranteed money? Where does it stand all time for non-quarterback players? We're diving in. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. And the Saints who Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Uh, that music in honor of the New Orleans Saints signing a record-breaking $100 million deal. Wide receiver Michael Thomas and the Saints. It includes $61 million Damn. in new guaranteed money. That's the most in NFL history for a non-quarterback offensive player. Uh, and uh, that is the news. If you're just waking up with us, Michael Thomas, uh, wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints, again, a new five-year, $100 million contract, uh, including $61 million in new guaranteed money. We've had a lot of fun on the show, uh, but a huge number for uh, Michael Thomas there. Just an absolutely massive contract for him to get. And uh, if you're a New Orleans Saints fan, I think the question you have to ask is, how many of those five years will Drew Brees actually be passing to him? Because Drew Brees, if I'm not mistaken, now 40 years old. Uh, He's the same age as me. Is he going to play till he's 45? Is this about trying to get Michael Thomas hooked up with Drew Brees to finish out the rest of Drew Brees' career? Or is Brees only got a year or two left, and then potentially it's Taysom Hill who will be throwing to Michael Thomas? Uh, that, I would think, would be a question on the top of New Orleans Saints uh, fans' minds as they try to uh, to think about the latter years of this deal. But Michael Thomas, big-time payday again. That's a wild stat. The NFL's been around for a while. This is the most guaranteed money that a non-quarterback on offense has ever received. So $61 million in new guaranteed money, most in NFL history for a non-quarterback offensive player. We've had a lot of fun on the show today. Uh, would encourage you guys uh, to download the podcast. And i got a fun challenge for you. Fun challenge for you on the podcast. Tens of thousands of you are downloading the podcast every day and listening. Uh, A lot of you hearing this right now on the podcast. We need more reviews. I am told that reviews are important when it comes to uh, your placement in the podcast store. So uh, there are tens of thousands of you listening every day. Go write reviews of this show, of my new uh, Wins and Losses podcast, which I would encourage you guys to listen to. Bobby Bones is the guest this week. Kirk Herbstreet was the guest last week. Lots of awesome guests coming your way. There have been a bunch of those if you need something long form to listen to. Great conversations. I think a lot to learn from those if you're going to be on vacation or you got a long car ride coming up. But what I'm asking you guys is, 
write, give me five stars, right? Because I'm a five-star talent. Give me five stars and write your most entertaining review that you can. And we'll read, start reading some of those on the show and giving you guys shout-outs uh, for making that happen. So, again, I need you to go write reviews, load them up. Uh, also, as always, people say, what can I do for the show? Well, the show is blowing up in a good way. The numbers and ratings skyrocket, everything else. But anytime we have guests, if you reach out to those guests and you say, thanks for coming on, enjoyed hearing you, today's guests were Darren Ravel and John Morosi. I can tell you that makes a big difference because I do a lot of radio all over the country uh, as a guest. And when people, a lot of people react to what I said on the radio show on social media, it makes me think that I'm spending my time in a good fashion. Uh, so that is the thing you can do. You don't have to agree with everything a guest says, but just go on, comment on something that they said, interact with them, and uh, and that makes a big difference in terms of the quality of guests. What I hear all the time from the guests that come onto this show is how blown away they they are by the number of you that interact with them and share or agree or disagree with the opinions that they share on the show. That is something you guys can do which would be absolutely fantastic. So we have talked about a great deal. Uh, Amir Garrett charging the Pittsburgh Pirate bench. One of the greatest brawls we can imagine in recent uh, baseball, football, basketball, hockey history. Uh, We had a good discussion on that. LeBron James Taco Tuesday does impersonating a Mexican person like LeBron James did, especially because LeBron is a super social justice warrior, is that... Uh, something that should be uh, allowed for LeBron James to do. Lots of good calls on that. Just a good time all around on the show. Found out Darren Ravel paid $25,000 for the astronauts that walked on the moon's uh, autographs on the New York Times for that day. Lots of good stuff. Make sure you don't miss any of it. We'll be back tomorrow in uh, Major League Baseball trade deadline, 4 o'clock Eastern. John Morosi was great breaking that down for you as well. Keep your phones and your ears tuned to Fox Sports Radio. Make sure you don't miss anything. We'll be back tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. Thanks for spending your Wednesday morning with us. I am Clay Travis. Enjoy your tacos when it's Taco Tuesday. But whatever you do, don't pretend to be Mexican like LeBron did. This is Outkick on Fox Sports Radio. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is... Is uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.